The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Well, I quit my job down at the car wash, left my mama a goodbye note. By sundown, I left Kingston with my guitar up under my coat. I hitchhiked all the way down to Memphis, got a room at the YMCA. For the next three weeks, I went a-haunting them nightclubs, looking for a place to play. Well, I thought my picking would set them on fire, but nobody wanted to hire a guitar man. Well, I nearly about starved to death down in Memphis I run out of money and look So I phoned me a ride down to Macon, Georgia On an overloaded poultry truck I thumbed on down to Panama City Started checking out some of them all-night bars Hoping I could make myself a dollar Making music on my guitar Got the same old story to them all-night peers There ain't no room around here for a guitar man But don't need a guitar man, son so I slipped in hobo jungles, bombed a thousand miles of track, till I found myself in Mobile, Alabama, at a club they called Big Jacks. A little four-piece band was jamming, so I took my guitar and I sat in. I showed them what a band would sound like with a swinging little guitar man. Show them, son. Take a trip down to the ocean Find yourself down around Mobile Or make it on out to the club called Jackson You've got a little time to kill Just follow that crowd of people You'll wind up out on his dance floor Digging the finest little five-piece group Up and down the Gulf of Mexico And guess who leading that five-piece band Why wouldn't you know it's that swinging little guitar man Yeah, hey Out of picking out a singing, <laughs> yeah, good. That, that was that was that was kind of refreshing. It kind of felt good, right? Well, I tell you what, uh, not because it's a country song, but let's not put the cart before the horse, right? Uh, I want to let everybody know that I am happy to say that I'm once again joined by Hello. my consigliere <laughs> of dysfunctionality, one Michael Sean Lee. Yes, that's right. He's back, back Welcome in back. the saddle again. How was the bubble bath? It was uh, it was decadent. It was indulgent. I'll admit that, but it was good. Yeah, you know, somehow I, looking, I, I held it down. Looking for the same kind of inspiration that uh, that Freddie Mercury drew. 
from the bubble bath in Munich back in 78 when he wrote Crazy Little Thing Called Love? That could be an urban myth. Uh, I don't know. Which is really the best sounds, kind of myths. I mean, well, it sounds very Freddie Mercury, you got to admit. True, yeah. true. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't but, alone uh, either. But I didn't write anything, unfortunately. I just, just got into the bubbles. All right, well, so. fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, man, that was a good call. I... I you know, when you first suggested opening the show with some Jerry Reed, it was like, really? Really? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely vintage Jerry Reed. Yeah, but I tell you what, I got a, a, a soft spot for Jerry Reed because he is a guitar aficionado. Yes, he is. Much like Roy Clark, never really got his due, you yeah. know, at least in modern audiences. They kind of get overlooked because they're country folk. Yeah. But uh, the man had skills, and I chose that song in particular, uh, and I even have... Talk about role reversal. An yep. anecdote to go with it. No. Yes. All right. right. I'm wearing your hat today, Stand sir. Stand back, folks. Stand back. Give him room. <laughs> Give him room. Guitar Man was actually um, made more famous when Elvis Presley released it. He was okay. driving home one day, and he heard a song on radio. The first song that Jerry Reed had ever charted with. Really? And he said, wow, I, I, I love this song. I'm right. going to do this song. Sure. Much like they did in the old days. Yeah. So he gets all of his top-shelf expensive uh, musicians in the studio, in RCO Studios, and they decide to do it, and the sound's just not right. So, as the story goes, he comes to the conclusion that if you want it done right, bring in the person that did it first. Of course. So they bring in Jerry Reed to do it, and after a bunch of takes, they nailed one that they really liked. Yeah. Uh, and the fun part was, as he was leaving the studio, again, as the story goes, uh, Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis's handler, yeah. uh, mentions to him the clause that everybody had to sign away 50% of their rights whenever they recorded something with Elvis. Ouch. And most ouch. of them were always okay with that because that, they that knew. That sounds like a Colonel Parker kind right. of thing. It really But does. they knew, look, if it's an Elvis single, it's going to sell a bazillion copies, and they'll make it back either sure. way on, on the royalties. Except yeah. Jerry Reed said, nope, not going to work for me, okay? <laughs> really? So he comes back with uh, basically, look, Look how excited Elvis is. This is going to be his first single now after doing all those those movies that right. he finally got sick of. Right. Uh, you're going to be the one now to go over and tell him that this baby of his now that he loves so much is Ain't not going to get happen. released. Yeah. Right. Because you can't get your 50%. Uh, and he did, in fact, go talk to Elvis. who said, no, that's crap. No just, kidding. Just forget, forget his 50% or my 50%. Wow. This is going to press. All right. Uh, and it did, and the rest is history. And this song was really um, made famous because it was part of his 68 comeback special, which right. is where most people you know, recognize it from. Sure. And it's, it's just a happy little tune. Nice. Vintage Jerry Reed. Johnny, I'm impressed. That was yeah. a good anecdote. That was good stuff. Sometimes I surprise you. Yeah. Sometimes. And I have to admit, <laughs> I, I, you know, we were talking about doing the song you know, as the opening gem. I've always gone back and forth between the Jerry Reed version and the Elvis version just mm -hmm. because... It's Elvis, you right, know, and, right. and the voice and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, there's something about the Jerry Reed version that 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 gets you. It's just it so just down home and honest. Yeah, you know, which brings me to my next point, which is why are we opening up the show with this particular? Do we tune? actually have an agenda with our opening gem? Yes, that is, so, that is so different for us. This show, we're going to slice it up basically into three parts because okay. each one's got its own little identity. Yeah, but the opening nugget is addressing. Wow, what's the best word for it? They all start with E. Economy, employment, <laughs> erstwhile jackasses who refuse to get back to work. That's no, how, about, word. how about starts with S, like shit show? <laughs> shit show, yeah. okay. Yeah. And in this show, it's, hey, it's hard finding work as a guitar man. 
Well, nowadays, it seems like it's hard finding work no matter what you do. There's some strange things going on. Yeah. There are strange things at the Circle K, you know? So, much to your uh, continued credit, you've got us some facts and figures yeah. from the internets. Yeah. It, it, you know, the big difference between perception and reality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fictional product. It doesn't matter. It, uh, it, uh, it, it, isn't, it wasn't that long ago when the when the pandemic uh, hit the economy like a wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. Two, two to three month stretch back in 2020, it was most likely, I believe, between March and June, uh, the U.S. economy shed 20 million jobs. Oof. 20 million jobs. That, uh, that kicked unemployment up to a frightening 15%. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, if, if you're dialed in at all to uh, percentages and what the... Uh, economy needs as opposed to right, you know where right. it's at. Fifteen percent is dire. Yeah, that is Extremely. fucking frightening, especially in the sectors that were hit yeah. the hardest. Yeah. So you know this little segment, folks. I'll tell you this right up front. This is not about politics. Not at all. It's not about different schools of, of thought and economic systems. It's more like where we're at right now and where do we go from here yeah the reality of the situation right because what frightens me equally as much as this uh, this herd of folks now that are that are coming off the government stipends yeah back into the workforce as far as what are they going to do what jobs are they going to do what jobs are they qualified oh, yeah. for what frightens me is that we've got a situation right now and really all you need to do folks is go to the local food store or any of the big box stores yeah and look at all the empty shelves. Yeah. Well, the, the good news coming off of what I just said, the panic-inducing 15%, is mm-hmm. since then the economy has regained 75% of the jobs that were lost. Hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? You know, right now uh, the unemployment percentage in the U.S. is hovering between 52 and 5.4%, right. but it's a stubborn... 5.2 to 5.4. You know, it, again, it seems like we've kind of hit a wall here. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the repercussions of that spike to 15% a year ago are still being felt and aren't being remedied. Right. You know, like you said, you go to a supermarket now and you're seeing, you know, certain areas strategically uh, absent of product. Yes. And, it, and it's kind of frightening. It truly is. And, and the, it, the products that they choose to carry, you could tell the initial selection is limited. Yeah. You know, my, my friends that are in uh, hospitality and restaurants and whatnot who order from, and I hate to throw names out, but Cisco, which is yeah. the largest food distributor, I believe, on the East Coast. I think you're right. Uh, doesn't have any bacon. <laughs> yes, you heard me right. Does not have any bacon. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not talking doesn't have this brand of bacon, doesn't have that. Doesn't have any bacon. Period. Period. And yeah. a story, okay? Yeah doesn't have egg products, or let's say they've got a fifth of the selection of egg products, par-cooked or whatnot, that they normally would. Yeah. So between that and the empty shelves, it's telling me that we've got not only a problem with distribution, obviously, but even ahead of that, where's the production? Yeah. Now, I know we've had some of the, say, chicken processing plants out in the Midwest that were hit hard with COVID and literally had to shut down, okay? But... As centralized as they are, there's more than one plant. <laughs> yeah. So it, what is it going to take to get these people now back to work and whatnot, which bleeds into something else you and I discussed. 
Where are the unions? Yeah. Why are they not seizing this opportunity? Not that I'm a big fan of unions, mind you. Sure. But this is a, a, a power void that they should be stepping into. You'd think. You would think. Yeah. To jazz up the employment and, and the worker force, you know. Yeah. Promised them the, the, the benefits and the hours and the salaries and all the stuff that unions are great at doing, okay. Mm-hmm. And because everybody's kind of jumping back in at square one, they'll be able to follow through with, with yeah. all of these promises. Yeah, you'd think. You know, it's... it's Anytime the, the, the union question comes up, I've been saying the same thing for quite some time. Uh, I'm completely into the concept mm-hmm. of collective bargaining. I think it's absolutely necessary. Right. Uh, the reality of it, not so enthusiastic. And I'll tell you what it is, because Hollywood... For good reason. Yeah. Romanticized the early days of unions. Sure. When some town in West Virginia was ran by a guy who, in, instead of Sir, in, in front of his name, was like Boss something, okay? <laughs> who had like high pants and barked orders and smoked stogies. Yeah. And meanwhile, the families and their, their you know, 10 year old children were working in the mines and yeah. still couldn't afford to put money on the table yeah. and had to buy everything from the, the company store, which reminds me of a another song yeah um <laughs> so that kind of stuff we're like we grow up watching some like yes unions they'll save us from these tyrants sure, sure but nowadays i mean look many many years ago i worked in a hotel and i was part of a hospitality union which again shall rename nameless yes um but you got basically a bunch of unskilled workers rallying around whatever their banner was and I had to go to a stereotypical union rah-rah meeting when the contract was about to run up. Yeah. And all they really discussed was how much they were going to bring the city to a halt until management acquiesced to their demands. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, young kid in college, I don't need this shit. You yeah. know, Let me succeed on the, on the merits of my labor. So yeah. that's kind of... Uh, I can actually tell you for days of stories about yeah. my interaction with unions. But again... Do something. Jump in. Help out. Well, and you, you, why are they all just on the side? Everybody's yeah, on the you're, sidelines. You're kind of talking about a 20th century reality. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the 21st century. And things are very, very different now. Right. And, yeah, it doesn't have the impact or, or the effect that it used to have. Right. I mean, and, look, electricians unions, carpenter unions, these things are, are great. Because, yeah, you want skilled people that take sure. their craft seriously oh, absolutely. not some fly-by-night contractor that's going to say this that and the other thing next thing you know your house burns down yeah so believe me there is a place in this world for unions i'm not saying that but yeah i mean this is a chance for them to come riding in and save the day and You'd then think. even on a, on a much broader see i'm going from like narrow to broad <laughs> in my scope right. on this you know, the other thing is we've been part of a service economy now for like 30 to 40 years. Yeah. This country doesn't make anything. The textile plants, the steel mills, everything's shuttered up. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Message. This could be an opportunity if this is what the powers that be wanted to do to put America truly back to work again. Okay. Yeah. Because now we can't even rest on the laurels of Silicon Valley because, as you know, there's a shortage of chips. So now the, 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 the big automakers can't even turn out their regular number of cars because there's no chips to put yeah, in them. Yeah, kind of a surreal situation it in is. that regard. It's like at every turn, the mills are closed and there's no product coming out and nobody's talking about this, Yeah, which is disturbing. Yeah. Okay. Makes you wonder. It does. It does. And like every great murder mystery, what do I always say? Who stands to gain? That's yeah. how you find out who's Fo- pulling the strings. Follow the money. 
And in this case, I mean, look, if I was half a loon, I would say, well, it's because the Biden administration's trying to make us communist and social. <laughs> no, I'm not buying that. I don't think they know what's going on, but this it's got to be something that other people have seen besides me. I'm just some scrub in the street. What do I know? Well, again, it's a fairly unprecedented situation mm-hmm. uh, for everybody you know, alive now. I mean, you know, again, when, when the pandemic hit a year ago, it removed 20 million people from, you know, employment. Mm-hmm. And we've never had to deal with anything even remotely close to that kind of a situation. Right. And how do we come out of that? What's the new reality? Where are we going? What are we doing? And, you know, the other thing is they, they tried for a while, albeit unsuccessfully, um, to lure people out of the unemployment doldrums with yeah. increased wages and sign-on bonuses. And it but it's, re- it's not working. It's not working at all. No. And it kind of reminds me now of that, uh, I think it was Allstate had the old man with the fishing pole yeah. and the dollar. Oh, you got to be quicker than that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because now, once all these people are going to come stampeding to take whatever jobs are out there, all that shit's coming off the table. Oh, yeah. It, right? it, you know, it, it's funny. It kind of, uh, and here's a vague connection reference, whatever. Uh, you remember back in, I think it was 2002 or 2003, uh, we were told that, you know, if we invaded Iraq, you know, we'd be welcome, you know, with open right, arms right. As, and liberators. as liberators <laughs> and whatnot. Didn't fucking happen, you know. As of the last day of July of this, this year, there were 10.9 million jobs available uh, in the U.S. economy. And there were uh, approximately 8 million people who were actively looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. And the two... Have apparently not met. Right. They haven't they haven't hooked up with each other, <laughs> you know. So this idea that uh, you know, once we ended the federal uh, stipend on mm-hmm. unemployment, that you know there would be this tsunami of job seekers, you know, hitting the market and whatnot, hasn't happened. Not even you know? a ripple. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. Somebody completely misread this right? situation yet again. And now maybe if, if I could, you know be naive and, and wax idealistically about something, maybe if they were to push through this uh, infrastructure legislation, yeah. regardless of the, of the price tag, but, you know, put to paper the projects they're going to do, yeah. it seems to me like that's a shit ton of jobs. You Probably would think. decent paying jobs, too. You would think. You know, so instead I mean, of, odd, again, odd parallels to the Great Depression. Exactly. You know, Put and America to work. Yeah, FDR's new, new what was it? New Deal? The New Deal. Yeah. The New Deal. And, and then after that, Eisenhower's projects of, of you know, revamping the national parks, building this, this infrastructure of national highways and whatnot, yeah. plus all the residential construction and everything that went up. You need some big, bold thinking like that. And yeah. look, on either side of the aisle, I, I, I don't see it. No. Well, there's, is, there's long been a disconnect between people who are inside the Beltway... You know, morons. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people are, who are outside the Beltway, us, right. you know, for all intents and purposes. And what do you have to do to make that connection? <laughs> you know, for the people inside the Beltway, the people that are, that are, you know, making these decisions and whatnot that have a direct bearing on the economy, what do you have to do to get them to commit to what's really going on right. with your rank and file? You know, it... it one wonders, yeah, you know, because that connection has to be made. I mean, we're again in an unprecedented situation, mm-hmm. but the people who are supposed to be fixing this aren't doing a very good job of it. And the thing is, Bonnie, I mean, look, there's a hundred senators last time I counted 
Yeah. Why we always see the same five assholes, okay? <laughs> now, out of the House of Representatives, I've kind of lost count, but I know it's like mid 400 yeah, something. Yeah, in that neighborhood. Know? Last I checked, it was 435. I That's believe. what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it hasn't changed yet. Um, but yeah, there too, what, the same 10 assholes are up there giving a speech, whether it's like the squad or the ultra conservative veterans. It seems like everybody that Fox puts on was a Navy SEAL. I don't know if they were <laughs> yeah. giving away those hats. Yeah. But yeah, it's always the same group. Same group of shitheads. And yeah. I got to think to myself, well, what are the representatives from, say, Alabama doing or yeah. Arkansas or Mississippi? Places that, you know, historically are a little on the not really prosperous side. <laughs> I do believe in you. I just know you're going to fail. <laughs> Look, it Tread is lightly, it is. Johnny. Tread lightly. I'm just... You some bitches couldn't close an umbrella. Saying, you know, or Idaho or shit, either one of the, uh, the Dakotas. Yeah. I mean, the I want to hear these people talk about some shit. What are I, they doing for their state? I'd kind of be curious to, to hear what they have to say about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the shit that gets... gets Right, I don't uh, want to hear time. Pelosi, Schiff, well, the I'm, squad. I'm I, sick I don't and tired of hearing about, you know, <laughs> distractions like, you know, the whole abortion thing and the whole, right, you know, run right. at Roe versus Wade thing. All these social issues that yeah. you could argue and never come to a conclusion. Yeah. Let's talk about factual black and white, brick and mortar stuff yeah. instead of bullshit social issues. I say that big talk's worth doodly squat. They, yeah, Why I don't like this one and this one's not fair to that one. Shut up. Yeah. Put a fucking shovel in your hand and let's get to work, America. Yeah. Yeah. I should have saved this one for Labor Day. <laughs> Damn. Now, 2020 hindsight, man. The, uh, 2020 hindsight. Yeah, what let me step do? out of the, the pulpit there. Yeah. But uh, no, it needs to be said. It needs to be said. You know, uh, priorities. You yeah. know, what are we focusing on? Um, you know, how are we moving forward? Mm-hmm. You know, this situation, you know, courtesy of the pandemic, has completely reshaped the U.S. job market. Yep. You know, are we acknowledging that? Are we acknowledging that, you know, I don't know, I hate the fucking term new normal. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not new and it's not normal. It's not normal. It's, there's, there's something different going on and we need to figure yeah. out what the hell it is. And, you know, the, the, the ones on uh, my people on the right, they're so busy bitching and moaning about inflation. Again, harkening back to production and the supply chain, yeah. nothing is going to drive prices up faster than demand and lack of supply. Yeah, this is the economics 101. Yeah. They need to be focusing on that and not so much, well, it's inflation because they keep messing with the Fed. No, again, leave that, that, that nerdy chess game with, with your abacus. Put that down, okay? Yeah. And get out there in the field and come up with some friggin' ideas. Yeah. And for once, do what the American people are paying you to do, yeah. which is not solve our problems, but keep everything running. Yeah. Okay? Make laws, anticipate problems. Well, the situation would seem to dictate the necessity of outside-the-box thinking. Yeah. You know, again, we, you know, this generation, you know, everybody that's alive today has never been through a scenario like this. Right. You know, and and here's where I inevitably say, look, a little fascism goes a long way. <laughs> oh my God! All it takes is one dissenting voice to go from a choir to a cacophony. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's it's funny because that is a bit of a red flag because this is a golden opportunity for that kind of scenario All to win groups. the day. I mean, yep. do do your homework. You know, take a look at what was going on in in Germany. Prior to the rise of Adolf Hitler. Right. You know, and you'll see parallels. Yeah, they and didn't elect him because they liked his mustache. Not at all. No. Or, he said or, what was on everybody's mind. 
that the uh, the politicians and leaders in Germany at the time yeah. would not acknowledge or yeah. didn't have answers for. Yeah, you know. And this this could be perceived as me throwing a rock across the table here, but it's Uh-oh. it's really not. But uh, you know, I, I've long since uh, given up on the idea that the left is is going to take responsibility for or analyze their uh, part in the creation of Donald Trump. You know, they haven't yet to this day, and, and I don't think they're going to. 2024. Which, yeah, which, which would seem to seem to indicate that we're going to do this again, people. You know? We're going to dance again, boy. Yeah, take a look at what he was telling people that resonated. Yeah, he you know? stopped uh, self-tanning also. He's actually naturally tanning now. Is that what's going and on And he's now? lost a lot of weight as well. Ooh, he's tuning up for a run. Look out, look out. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you talk about things that, that make... You know, my people, the liberals, you know, have screaming nightmares at night. Mm -hmm. You know, until you assholes take responsibility for your contribution to the creation of this monster. Yeah. He ain't going away, people. It goes back to the worst cliche of all time is that those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat Destined it. Destined to repeat it. Absolutely. And now we're seeing this in a four-year cycle. This isn't harkening back to the Peloponnesian Wars, all right? Yeah. This was four years ago. They decried, how could this possibly happen? Yeah. And since then, now that they're in a position of power, they've done nothing to correct that, to nope. do any genuine healing and bring everybody together and see why a heavy-handed sometimes maniacal leader yeah. <laughs> is not a good idea for this country. They yeah. haven't spent any time on that. They no. blame stuff on him and they, they label him the boogeyman, but bring it back and say, well, see, see what we just did right here, this worked and this is why this worked. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I got nothing. It's, it's, it's kind of amusing <laughs> to me that, that a lot of people attribute the pandemic to what finally brought Donald Trump down. Yeah. You know, and Kind of an ironic idea to think about, but it may be the pandemic that brings him back. True. You know? It's like so, a reverse case of the Mask of the Red Death. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so contemplate that, my liberal friends. Yes, and uh, as Bill Moore says, stop embarrassing yourselves. <laughs> I know, I know. The crazy has invaded the left as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's on both sides now. Oh, sure, it's, sure. It's like, where do you turn... <laughs> And, and people wonder why alcohol consumption is going through the roof. Yes, and so far, yeah. alcohol prices are holding, so that, God that's for good. That. Yeah, yeah. As we say in Ireland, let's drink until the alcohol in our system destroys our livers and kills us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, contemplate these things as we head into midterm elections. Yes. Uh, contemplate these things as, yeah, 2024, not far away, folks. And we're never going to run out of things to talk about. I don't think Even so. Even when they're sad and dour. So that's why we've got this thing called the middle gem <laughs> to rescue us. <laughs> to and- rescue us from this fucking uh, quagmire, this nadir uh, <laughs> of, of positivity. Yeah, it's kind of well, cool. Uh, today, our, our... Jotted that down, you know. <laughs> To Our somehow mid, weave uh, into the show. You the know? mid-show gem today is a flight of fancy. Yes, yes. It was very, very everything. apropos nonetheless. I mean, <laughs> did, you, did you clear this with the higher-ups at W Media Source? Uh, no, no. I, this, was a, this was a sneaking <laughs> in before they know what was going to hit them kind of a situation. But it's, it's apropos for so many different things on so many different levels. Um, you going to give us a tease or are we just going to play it? Um, well... <laughs> You know, we've been wondering who is going to rescue us from this situation. Um, of course, it's going to be the Swedes. I guess that's what they do. 
And again, you know, the song, the band, very, very apropos for, uh, for you know, the current situation that we're dealing with. So I'll billboard it as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit more afterwards. But uh, well, I got but, I got one line to use to quasi introduce it. Okay, I'm gonna paraphrase one of our heroes, Mr. Hans Gruber. I like it, <laughs> gentlemen. You ask for a miracle, I give you the A B B A. There we go. Appropriate was that, huh? <laughs> well, I don't know about appropriate. <laughs> Being a 
what, as the kids say, a rock and roll station. All right. And a rock and roll classic rock stuff well, you podcast. Know, in defense of the Swedes, uh-huh. ABBA was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 2010. That's an excellent point. Yes. <laughs> and that, uh, that of course, was SOS, mm-hmm. uh, one of ABBA's classics. It was uh, released in June of 1975. It was the, get this, it was the sixth single from their self-titled 1975 album. I mean, how many bands can say, right. you know, we released six different singles from one album? That's like the Swedish rumors, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, and in more ways than one, actually, you know, with the, with the married couples oh, and yeah, the band that thing. Oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, unless, you know, you've been living in a cave with no Wi-Fi, uh, ABBA is back. I don't think they are back. <laughs> they are now dropping in November their first studio album in over 40 years. This band actually broke up way back in 1982. A date which will live in infamy. And they're breaking new ground as they do this. Hmm. Um, one would wonder, a band that's obviously this far along age-wise, I mm-hmm. mean, I would think that you know all the people in the band are probably in their 80s. You know, how would they tour? How would they tour in support of this band? Right. And, or in support of this album. And what they're doing, which is absolutely groundbreaking, is they're doing shows uh, via their avatars. Hmm. Or brand new term, avatars. <laughs> <laughs> which were created by George Lucas's company, Industrial Light and Magic. Interesting. Yeah. Apparently, the idea uh, first came up back in 2016 of... You know, if we're going to do an album, how the hell are we going to tour to support it? Right. And this is what they came up with. And uh, it's, it's a very interesting scenario. And it, it kind of makes you wonder where we're going with this. Right. You know, right. Are we going to now make it possible for bands that heretofore were maybe a little bit too old to tour mm-hmm. uh, are now able to do so courtesy of technology? It's an interesting and it's a very groundbreaking concept. It is. And, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off. It's either going to be a watershed or a Waterloo. Or an yeah, ABBA it, song. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Johnny. That was I good. I threw it in there. I know my ABBA. I'm a child yeah, of the 70s. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I have been for a long, long time an ABBA fan. I've, yes, I've we always, discuss this. Always, That's your, uh, yeah. your closet kryptonite. Yeah, it is, it is my, uh, <laughs> my personal uh, indulgence, if you will. Right. Um, I guess from... Uh, my past history of being a being a musician and having a music project of my own, I appreciate what they accomplish with their sure. with their recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk harmonies, you know nobody beats yeah. ABBA. Nobody beats ABBA. You know their their structure, their song structure is very distinct. Um, you know they do verses, and then when you hit the chorus, mm-hmm. they layer 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 vocals and just blow you right, right out of your chair. You know, with the choruses to songs, it's a it's a fairly simple formula, but right. you know they've done it to the tune of 150 million albums sold. And there you have it. Folks. Uh, they have mastered the art, and uh, and yeah, it, it's it's good fun. It's absolutely good fun. And listening I think it's to that. nice that really, without consciously thinking about it, we both got a chance this episode to indulge. Some of our, our guilty pleasure, yeah. music, yeah, Me, absolutely. Jerry Reed and you, Olive. So that worked yep. out pretty good. Yep. And uh, yeah, I can't. I can't under undersell how much I enjoy ABBA and what they've accomplished and what they may accomplish going forward. Sure. You know, the whole world is going to shit. You know, <laughs> everywhere you turn, everything is going to shit. 
And now it's Abba to the rescue. And again, it's just what makes us fun and enjoy each other's company. I mean, could you describe us any better way than by our eclectic musical choices? <laughs> I'm going back and damn pulling eclectic, from, like, I gotta, I gotta say. You know? you know, Jerry Reed, and these days I'm listening to, like, Pokey Lafarge and J.D. McPherson. Yep. And this guy's reminiscing about ABBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my band of choice, you know, the band that speaks to me is, of course, Jane's Addiction. Of course, yeah. But I have, you know, a passion for ABBA. And that's, that's an experience. I think, you know, without patting myself on the ass, a pretty extreme range, sure. you know, of taste. But, uh, but I think their, you know, their history speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of funny, when I was a young man, um, you know, you kind of had to choose sides. You, you know, still it's a very, do. We're just very, less aware of it. Yeah, very punk rock mentality that you had to choose sides, mm -hmm. and then you had to throw rocks at the other side. Right. You know, and it was not cool to cop to the fact that you dug... You know, a band like ABBA. Right. You know, but it, it's, it's very much a situation where I've hit a point now where I don't really give a shit what people sure. think. And I can stand up and say, yeah, I dig ABBA. And, uh, and I think it, it's kind of funny. If you do your research, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of punk bands uh, in the uh, English punk era of 1977 on about 1980 that mm -hmm. had the utmost respect for ABBA. Right. Loved them. And... Uh, and yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. It's not a concession anymore. It's like, yeah, I like ABBA. <laughs> fuck you if you don't like it. Well, you that's your, your your banner flag of crazy right yeah. there. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with this this avatar yeah, situation. Yeah, no, seriously, because you're right. This could be the beginning of uh, a new way of doing things. Yeah. There's a lot of artists that really for the sake of not being able to handle a rigorous touring schedule, oh God, don't yeah. put out stuff. I mean, everyone still makes music, yeah. but if you're going to go through the whole process, how do you do it if you can't do that exhausting legwork? Yeah, Maybe now there, seriously. There's an alternative. Particularly now, since people are you know, not buying CDs, not buying albums like they used to, yep. if you're a band, you, you live and die on touring. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, as of November, I think it's November 5th is when they do their first Avatar show. It'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off and to see how people react to it. Right. You know, see if people are into it. And, uh, and if they are, then, yeah, this is going to be groundbreaking, you know. Is it, and, and well, to, we'll wait to see. Yeah. So I should be hope, fun. I just hope none of them die on stage. <laughs> then you'll be sad. And it's Would kind of be defeating the, the yeah. video. I don't think an avatar can die. That's the cool <laughs> thing. You know? Don't you play video games? It's possible. Yeah, there you go. So moving on from that is, yes. is a treat, a somewhat self-serving treat, but I know people like to play along at home. It's time again for another rousing episode of a little thing we call Lyrically Speaking. Speaking. Yes. Which we still don't have a jingle for that yet. No, we got to work on that. we got to get an intern on that. On that. I keep pitching <laughs> on the idea of, of uh, the replacement soon, Alex Chilton. <laughs> you know, when they talk about, you know, what's that song? I'm in love with that song or uh, something like that. Yeah. Well, for those of you who haven't heard yet, this is a little something that uh, Michael and I play. And tonight we're going to do almost a, uh, an, an abridged version. Yes. Uh, we're each going to ask each other, in turn, um, lyrics from three famous 90s rock songs. Well, this is where I got to give Johnny Teflon credit. <laughs> you know, prior to, we didn't specify an era. 
Right. Yeah, you know, we were kind of all over the And this is your wheelhouse. I am walking into the lion's den here. So, yeah. Yeah. And Jenny <laughs> threw this one up, and it was like, I got to take this one deep. I got to take it out of the park. Really? Because this shows that I have no respect for your music knowledge <laughs> at all whatsoever. So, if I should somehow win this round, oh my the shit talk will be epic. Oh, my God. And before we start, I'd like to remind everyone, uh, again, if they're keeping score at home, currently I have two victories. Michael Sean Lee has won, uh, and then we have one tie. Contested. Contested, I Not must contested. Say. No, the tie was contested. <laughs> I don't remember why, but I, I do know it champion. was contested. <laughs> current champion. Is that what it is? I only uh, wish I could have Leroy Neiman uh, put down his paintbrush and come back and be the announcer that he was in all the Rocky movies once I win again. Yeah. So we can say, and new champion of the world. <laughs> Jesus. The king of sting. Welcome to my reality, people. I got to put up with this shit every <laughs> the day. The Ayatollah of rock and roller. And there you have it. <laughs> and there you have it. So would you like to start, sir? Uh, if you insist. Okay. So again, folks. Uh, you got to read the lines robotically so you don't sing it or give any like a little hint to what the song's about. All right. And uh, another new wrinkle is that we're only allowed to ask for the person to repeat the lyrics one time. Right. So uh, I after came up, you, yeah, I came up <laughs> with this one. It's a softball. Okay. You know, in sympathy of the fact that yeah, this is not exactly Johnny's wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, but we'll see what you can do. We'll all see right. what you can do. So here all right, go. here we go. First one. All I can say is my life is pretty plain. I like watching the puddles gather rain. Softball. Big, I know, I know. Big softball. Blind melon. Yes. No rain. Ho! He took it deep, folks. He took Oof. it deep. He went yacht on that one! Aren't the fucking lands down straight! The only reason I hesitated is because mm. A, I thought that was way too easy. <laughs> and B, we had just glanced when we were picking out the gems, yeah. we had glanced at that on the screen, and I wanted to make sure that's well, you, not you, why I was thinking of that, because I'd yeah. seen it. No, it was funny, a big pink elephant in the room when we yeah. like almost went there and I was kind of dummying up, like, no, 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 no In the melon. words of George Takai, oh my. There we go. <laughs> Well, so, all right, all right. Johnny took the softball deep. Okay, let's well, hear it. Like I said, these aren't this difficult. Yeah, you should be yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Flip on the telly. Wrestle with Jimmy. Something is bubbling behind my back. The bottle is ready to blow. Okay, that's a Weezer tune. Uh, flip on the telly. Wrestle with Jimmy. Yeah, I can hear it in my head. You know, this is a damnable thing about this particular, you know, thing we've created is mm -hmm. that you torture yourself. Because, like I said, I know, I know that's a Weezer tune, and I can hear it in my head. Ugh. It's not the sweater song. Shit. Oh man, I'll come up with it like with one more shot. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm conceding. I know it's a Weezer tune, but I can't remember which one. All right, well, there you have to play those failure horns first. Uh, it is Weezer. You are correct there, sir. And it is Say It Ain't So. Ah! Uh, I should get some kind you of right partial... right there, man. Some kind of partial credit. No, for you it. get nothing! Uh. Or, as Willy Wonka would say... So you get nothing! You lose! 
Good day, sir. And there you go. Yeah. All right, sir. What's your second one all for right, me? All right, all right, all right, all right. Another softball for you, Johnny. <laughs> Just because I feel sympathy for you and I shouldn't. <laughs> That's a mistake everybody makes with Isn't me. Isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. Does it smell like chloroform to you? Kind of does, yeah. <laughs> Soft spoken with a broken jaw. Step outside, but not to brawl. In the season we call the fall, I'll make it to the moon if I have to crawl. Red hot chili peppers, scar tissue. Oh, he gets it. Kids he on fire. It. Kids on fire. He gets it even though I think I fucked up the lyrics on that one. I can't yeah, because I didn't even need that second Yeah, I get, yeah. <laughs> Autumn something that we call fall. I, yeah, I can't even remember my own writing. That's pathetic. Well, you, my unlucky bastard of a friend, are yeah. just coming up with two songs right there that I dimly remember through a, a moment of sobriety from the uh, 90s. Moment of sobriety? Really? Moment. Oof. In the 90s? Yeah, it's rough. Wow. Was it a short moment? All of them are. I would think so. I would yeah, think so. Yeah. yeah. They got like a frayed blanket your grandmother knitted <laughs> you and your cat got to it. It's like how I try and connect my, my 90s. All right. All right. Here starts your comeback trail, sir. There you go. And you certainly need to get on the indeed, comeback trail. Indeed, indeed. I'm a cold heartbreaker, fit to burn, and I'll rip your heart in two, and I'll leave you lying on the bed. I'll be out the door before you wake them. It's nothing new to you, because I think we've seen that movie, too. Okay, that's Guns N' Roses. It was in the Terminator 2 soundtrack. Oh, what was the song called? I'll rip your heart in two and leave you lying on the bed. Uh, definitely Guns N' Roses. You could be mine. Well done, sir. Thank you, thank you. And there he is. He's on the board, gang. Yes. He is on the board. You know, that's, that's without a doubt one of my favorite Guns N' Roses tunes. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because Guns came on, you know, at a time where popular music was kind of weak. Mm -hmm. And they were like authentic rock and roll. Right. You know? And See, they, I always felt like they jumped the shark. You with think the so? Huge Illusion 1 and 2. And this was yeah. off the second one. Yeah. Um, just it was like so much... Like there was so much hype, and then they had both albums like back to oh, back. Oh, the hype was ridiculous. It was like, there's no way you can live up to this hype. Yeah, you know this is true. But is my true. Uh, one of my best friends at the time, we would be taking these long drives back and forth from my MMA class, right? Yeah. And at the time, I was playing the shit out of Van Halen's. Uh, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge yep, album, yep, yep. and he was counteracting with both the Use Your Illusion albums. Nice. So really, I tortured him as much as he tortured me. <laughs> and in retrospect, both very good offerings from their oh, respective yeah. bands. Oh, yeah. Guns N' Roses were at their absolute peak at that point. They, yep. were, they, were, they were killing it. Absolutely killing All right. it. Will he go for three? All right. All right. This is... Uh, this is, this is the one that I figured I'd challenge you on. This is, this will be interesting if you nail this one because I will admit the difficulty factor on this one is high. Uh-oh. All right, you ready? All right. All right. My heart is broke, but I have some glue. Help me inhale and mend it with you. We'll float around and hang out on clouds. Then we'll come down and have a hangover. Wow. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Well, everything does after a couple of vodkas. Yeah, no shit. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Could have read that shit to me in Russian. I'd be like, read it again? <laughs> one more time. Uh, yes, I'm going to invoke the one more time all right, on that one. All right, all right. Fair enough. My heart is broke, but I have some glue. Help me inhale 
and mend it with you. We'll float around and hang out on clouds. Then we'll come down and have a hangover. All right, it's two bands I think it might be. This hint will probably not, not help at all, but it is my favorite song by this particular band. Oof. Ugh. See, this is the torture of this, this particular game we play. You is can it Smashing hear it. Pumpkins? Yes or no? No. <laughs> okay. Then I have no idea. <laughs> All right, very good. That was a Nirvana song called Dumb. Yep, never would have got it. Yeah, that was off of their, uh, their first major label album uh, with Gavin. Um, and like I said, my, without a doubt, my favorite Nirvana tune. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So I finish up with two. Okay. You've got one going into your last one. All right, all right. Here we go. Get into the tie, folks. Yeah. I will break shit. <laughs> okay. It's the easy one, too. Yeah, sure uh, it is. <laughs> whomsoever I've cured, I've sickened now. And whomsoever I've cradled, I've put you down. That's Soundgarden. Oh. I fell on Black Days. Well done. Nice. Nice. <laughs> we didn't even load this with like tiebreakers. <laughs> Damn it, I hate a tie. First, the Pats lose by one, and now I got to tie this oh, jackweed. And there we're speaking. Makes you want to break shit. Oh my it God. Does. This is it bullshit. Does. Now, well done, sir. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. And Johnny, as this was not your wheelhouse, I am impressed by your performance as well. Well, you, you, you can uh, genuflect as you walk backwards slowly all you want. <laughs> the next time we're doing this shit, it's 80s. So strap yourselves yeah, yeah. in. All right. All right. I'll start doing my homework now. <laughs> but no, that was a good call. That was a good call. Soundgarden tune, that was, that was relatively... Uh, but I was, that was, play, I was writing your strike zone. That was yeah. like a fat pitch right down the middle. Yeah, a kinda, tomato can. It, it kind of was. It kind of <laughs> was. Uh, I will say, yeah, yeah. And uh, I will say right here and now, I miss Chris Cornell. I truly do. Yeah. You know, he was an iconic voice in the 90s, you know. Yep. I, it's funny. I was thinking the other day that, that our casualty, casualty count from the 1990s was, was heavy. heavy, frighteningly high. Yep. You know, it was Kurt. Um, Lane Staley, uh, obviously Chris Cornell, and uh, the kid from uh, kid from uh, uh, God Lincoln Park. What was his name? Chester Bennington. Yeah. Well, even uh, you know. Blind Melon, Shannon Hoon. That was in the nineties. Shannon Hoon. Yeah. Yeah. That was another one. Yeah. But uh, that era did truly take its toll on some people. It yeah. truly did. But my God, the music that uh, that those guys created. Yep. You know, absolutely amazing. Or as my good friend Andy would say, are they here right now? Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> so on that note, let's jazz up with the final gem of the episode. A yes! song that's got really nothing to do with nothing anything. Nothing to do with anything. Except, uh, you know, it's, it, it pumps you up. Yes, we had fun. <laughs> we had fun going with this. Apropos of nothing, we're going to throw this out there. All right, so strap this one on, folks. We'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff.
When in doubt, <laughs> pump it up. Just one of those <laughs> classic rock, rock and tombs. Oh, man. It's similar to uh, Todd Rundgren, want to bang the drums all day. Sure. It just rocks. Yep. You could use it yep. at a sporting event, a family function. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Elvis nailed it on that one. Totally. He absolutely nailed it. Totally. That was, of course, Pump It Up from the 1978 uh, Elvis Costello and the Attractions album, mm-hmm. this year's model. Yep. That was the one that put Elvis on the map. That was one that, you know, got everybody's attention. And uh, and what a curious character he was. Do you remember Absolutely. back then with the glasses? Yeah. And the, it was like, who is this guy? Yep. You know, and he wrote and really... He's aged well. I mean, looking at his body of work now, he's, yeah. he's done like a bubblegum piece, like Pump It Up. Yep. And then he's had so many thoughtful songs and even um, done collaborations with Burke Backrack. Yeah. I mean, who would have well, he's, he's a quintessential <laughs> songwriter. Yeah. You know, and like you said... Who'd have thunk? You right. know, when he initially came along, I remember when this album came out, it was like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. You know? And it was, he was so Especially out of left who's field. who's got the nerve to have a first name of I Elvis. Know, Elvis. It was like, what the <laughs> fuck? But when Piece your name work, is actually, what? He's got like 10, he's Irish. He's got like Dylan, 10 names. Dylan McManus. Declan McManus. Declan McManus, <laughs> yeah, is his real name. And, uh, and yeah, the balls on this guy. Right. My God. You know, but it works. But, but yeah, that song, that song is is going to be around forever and a day. Yep, forever and a day. Yeah, it's e- an easy choice because we just look, folks. Sometimes we got to retreat. Yep, we know our limits. We yep. got a recording to do here. You can't sit up all night. Yeah. Apropos of nothing, let's like you know wrap this up with right. pump it up. And look, if, if Mike, the, if the worst thing we ever do to these people is pick pump it up as a final <laughs> gem, then we're okay. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not like they're paying us. This is true. <laughs> All right. Now that every Johnny. advertiser in the world has slowly yeah, backed away say, from us. Now that, now that we've destroyed <laughs> our advertising revenue forever in a day. We, what, we doubt uh, your sincerity. Yes. <laughs> what, uh, what's new in Big Boom Radio this week? What do you got? Well, I tell you what, uh, and this is something I wanted to ask you about. You know, yep. we have started the uh, 2022 NFL football season. Oh, yeah. And I know you're a big fan like myself, and fortunately, same team. We're so jazzed up. But, you know, this time of year, the weather's changing. Yep. The, those those uh, autumn winds start a-blowing. The leaves are getting a little crackly. Yeah. I got this ugly-ass crap apple tree in my front lawn <laughs> that, that's dropping these things like, like a bad habit. Yep. What's your favorite part about football season? Um, you know, it, it is definitely a transitional season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're coming out of, you know, uh, a New England summertime that tends to be extreme. It tends to be too hot, too humid. It was all of the above this year. Yeah, oh God, not a lot of fun. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And if you were down the Cape, you were trying to dodge dodge sharks. Yep, you know, yep. and that kind of thing. <laughs> Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name into the National Geographic. <laughs> um, it's a cool transition. I mean, we've been spoiled. I mean, forever mm-hmm. in a day, it seems, as Patriot fans. Um, you know, our expectations are high. Sure. You know, but in all honesty, like, if you're a sports fan at all, this is the greatest time of the year. You got college football, you got mm-hmm. pro baseball, you got pro football. All these things are happening. Something, there's something energizing about, you know, getting past the hot and humid days and heading into the fall. You're ambitious as hell. And, yes. you know, usually the winter hits and fucks yep. all that up. And, you know. <laughs> well, I tell you what, not for me, because the colder it gets, the more energy I get. Yeah. I'm like, like snow miser or some shit. Okay. And, you know, this time of year, I guess because I know it's leading up to that yeah. rapidly, 
um, it's it's like a rebirth for me. Some people, you know, they go by the season and say, well, yeah. spring is the season of rebirth. Yeah. No, fuck that. It's a whole lot of rain. Probably still some more <laughs> snow. At least that's how it is up here. Yeah. For me, once once the fall hits and it's that smell, when you come out in the morning and it's like, oh, yeah, those leaves yeah. are dying, you know? <laughs> and then you got this, this cavalcade of colors up here in New England because the foliage, it really is beautiful. Oh, it truly is. But being able, like you said, to, to turn on, you've got everything. I mean, look, my Mets, they're done. They've disappointed me. Yeah. So now we move on to college football. Michigan's already 2-0. and yeah. Go blue, right? All right. All right. Ohio State lost to those, those crusty Antifa coffee-drinking liberal... <laughs> Oregon Ducks, so good. They did their job. Ouch. Uh, but still 2-0. AP uh, released their rankings. They're already at 25, yeah. so we're on the track. Well, without a doubt, it's a transitional time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what's exciting is, you know, whenever you're transitioning into something else, you have an agenda and you have expectations. Sure. And it kind of kind of shakes you out of, you know, whatever doldrums or languishing exactly. yep. that you've been in, you yep. know. And in this particular case, you know, with this fucking pandemic, you know, you're kind of like, okay, is this the end? Right. You know? I mean, it's a different reality than we're used to dealing with and uh, different expectations, mm-hmm. but, uh, but there are some consistencies to it. Sure. But, know? hey, change is good. And, and speaking of change, I'll uh, make the official announcement now that uh, here at uh, Big Boom Radio and this podcast in Did you finally fire Tula? No, she's oh. still around. Right, she is just right. like part-time basis. Okay. Um, we have been uh, uh, absorbed, let's say, yes. uh, into a new parent company called W Media Source, oh. uh, consisting of Big Boom Radio and uh, the advertising wing from a visual perspective, Whitehead Graphics, LLC. Okay. Um, and you can go to the website, wmediasource.com. It'll tell you what they're all about and whatnot. Yeah. Um, they give us 100% creative control over what oh, we do so it's okay. not breathing down our neck all right but you know we're important to them as a mass media arm of this little boutique advertising agency sure um otherwise everything else will remain the same folks might hear some commercials for them you know yeah. on the station yeah. from time to time does this mean we're finally going to get paid quite possibly my oh, friend quite possibly all right all right <laughs> it's a new day yes it is nice and uh, of course, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but it, it, it's almost here. There is another um, Blitzkrieg Pro uh, wrestling event happening on the 18th. Okay. Uh, entitled Eat the Meek. We are, of course, a sponsor of that. Nice. Um, not sure how much you know, longer we're going to you know, keep sponsoring because we're going to be looking to spend money as W Media Source sees fit, sure. possibly in other directions. Yep. But we've enjoyed our partnership with them and wish them all the best, and we'll see what happens. But either way, folks, if you're uh, around in that Springfield, Massachusetts area, do yourself a favor. Go see the show. They're fantastic. Such good performers. Uh, it's a great night out. And uh, speaking of which, now that things are starting to loosen up, I uh, came at Michael with some possible small concert ideas that we <laughs> yes. might want to go out and attend. Yes. Because, look, bro, we, we got to get back out there. We do. We do. It's it, just been way too long. Yeah. <laughs> got to take advantage of it. Well, alas. Right. Now, the thing is, who is going to out-eclectic the other one? That's a good question. Because the, the first one on deck I want to go see, as we discussed, was Pokey Lafarge. Yes. Um, there's a, uh, a Rockabilly band from Rhode Island, near and dear to my heart, the Teledynes. They're always playing out in Providence, so we'll probably try and scoot out there. Yep. Um, but knowing you, 
<laughs> You're gonna do it. Well, John C. He's not really a musician, but this this guy gets on stage and screams until he passes out. But yeah. it's, it's like a happening. All the kids are talking about it. <laughs> and you'll probably get me to go. Yeah, because I'll know. say, are they serving liquor there? I mean, yeah. there you go. <laughs> it's a night out. <laughs> but to be honest, I did go see uh, Cake years ago. Okay. Uh, and I brought a friend of mine from work that I had turned him on like to them and he liked them and shit. Yeah. And unbeknownst to me, it was kind of like an auditorium that was attached to a high school. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, which is kind of the thing these days. They're, they're putting up these little teeny tiny arenas where the school has their events, but they also rent it out for, for shows. Right. So we go there to see cake and I didn't notice up front, but there was no liquor, no beer, no nothing. Really? Yes, they had like sodas and pretzels. Ooh. Like they were making pretzels there, which were delicious, but they made you thirsty and you yeah. wanted to drink. Yeah. But really, I'm sorry, any any concert, and no <laughs> offense to our friends out there who, who don't drink, all you straight edge folks. I you do you, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, if I'm looking to relax, I tend to like to have an adult beverage in my yeah, hand. Yeah, full bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, full bar, preferred cash or open, you know. Yes. <laughs> so that in our meandering way brings us to the end of the show. <laughs> so glad all of you joined us. Hope you had a good time like I did. Yes. Welcome back, Michael. Good to have Thank you back you. in the fold. Good to be back Let's here. try and string a couple weeks together. Let's now, do shall that. we? Let's okay. Do that. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. So as always, folks, I am Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we will see you on the flip side.